I'm already excited because I know something is dropping from heaven today. Something good. Can somebody say amen to that? Now, we've been looking at perfecting the love of God. Perfecting the love of God. We started last week looking at perfecting the love of God. And then I said by the Spirit of God that it is important you know that your love for God and for the brethren is actually an effect of his love for you. That means having known that God loves you, the response that you give to his love for you is actually what empowers you to love him and to love others. We cannot love the way God loves except we love with his love. It is with his love that we can love like he loves and as he loves. And so it is important for us to know that the foundation of our love for God and for the brethren is his love for us. And that's what is written in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19. It says, we love him, talking about God, because he first loved us. So his love for us was the cause, and our love for him is the effect. Can somebody say amen to that? The very moment you begin to doubt God's love for you, it will be difficult for you to love him in return, and it will be very difficult for you to love the brethren. Because the assurance in your heart that God loves you is actually the boldness and confidence that you have to love him and to love others as well. Can somebody say amen to that? Now, how many of us believe you know deep within your heart that God loves you? Wave your hand, shout hallelujah! All right. And then we understand that God has proved or proven his love for us in that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. He took our place as a substitute, and then he died in our stead. He died for us. He took our death upon himself, and now we have his life. Glory to God. All right, John chapter 3 and verse 16 tells us here that this is God's proof of his love for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God gave his son for us to die in our stead that we might live. Amen? And that was proof of God's love for us. Amen? Now, somebody is asking you, how are you sure God loves you? Amen? What should be your response? The first response shouldn't be, he bought me a pair of shoes yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, um, I just received a supernatural alert. Praise the Lord. As good as those things are, they are not the direct proof of God's love for us. Because those things change. Praise the Lord. You may receive an alert, you may not. Somebody may sew a pair of shoes into your life and may not. Somebody may bless you and may not bless you. All right? 
But you see, if you want to go by circumstances, your love for God will waver. But you see, if you want to go by what he has done for you in Christ, your love for God will be founded on that unshakable foundation of the finished works of Jesus Christ for you, and that will produce awesome experiences of miracles, testimonies, and increase in your life. Can somebody say amen to that? So ask your neighbor now, what's proof of God's love for you? Wait for the person's response. All right? Amen. Come on now, come on now. I want you to say it out loud. What's proof of God's love for you? Praise the Lord. I didn't hear you. I was just hearing. What is proof of the love of God for you? All right, let me say mine. All right, the proof of God's love for me is that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. Amen? And now I believe in him and I'm saved. I'm saved from the consequences of my sins. I'm saved from death. Can somebody say amen to that? So God loves me. Praise God. Now, the very moment you can anchor God's love for you on that, Amen. You can go on and on and on. Even when things do not seem like they are working out in your favor, you still have that confidence in your heart that God is for you. Amen. It's not for you just for a season. God is for you forever. Can somebody say amen to that? Man, he's for you forever. He says if God be for us, who can be against us? God is for us. Amen. He's not against us. Can somebody say amen to that? Just make sure you don't go against yourself. Amen? Say amen to that. So that was the first thing we learned in perfecting the love of God in our hearts. We understand that God's love all by itself is perfect because God himself is love. 1 John 4 and verse 8 he says, God is love. Verse 16 says the same thing of the same chapter. He says, God is love. So the love of God all by itself is perfect. But the operation or functioning of God's love in us is what we're talking about. Perfecting that love, the functioning, the operation of that love in us. You know, the operation of that love in us is actually at different levels of perfection. That means, you know, in some people, maybe it's just 5%. In some other people, it's 20%. In some other people, 80%. In some other people, 90%. But God wants the operation and functioning of that love to be perfected in us. Did you get that? To be perfected in us. And in perfecting the love of God in us, it is important for us to know, first and foremost, that he loves us. And then we respond to that love. You know, we identified two steps towards that last week, if you can still remember. Amen. The first step is believe the love of God. Receive that love into your heart. Know that he loves you. And then the second thing is respond to that love. Take actions in line, all right, with the love of God for you. That means don't just let the love be one-sided, coming from God alone towards you respond to that love. Love is mutual, 
all right, in nature, love is mutual in operation as well. It is reciprocal. That means you respond to that love as well. You don't just, you know, let God keep loving you up over and over again and you're not responding. Praise the Lord. It ought not to be so. Can somebody say amen to that? So you respond to the love of God. Now let's look at a couple of scriptures that show us how we ought to respond to the word of God. But first and foremost, let's look at um, scriptures that show us or tell us about the perfecting of the love of God in us. The first is found in 1 John chapter 2. We'll start the reading from verse 3 into verse 5. 1 John chapter 2, and verse 3 into verse 5. It says, And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Amen. How do we know indeed? How do we know in experience that we know him? Amen. He says, if we keep his commandments. Now, you know what his commandments are. Praise God. You know what his commandments are? It's one commandment, but it has two sides. But if we're looking at the two sides, all right, we refer to it as commandments as in plural. But if we're looking at the commandment as a whole, all right, it is singular. So his commandments, 1 John 3 and verse 23 that's where we have his commandment. And this is his commandment. Now he's looking at it as a whole that we should what? Believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. See? So that's his commandment. It has two sides. What's the first side? Believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ. What's the second side? Love one another as he gave us commandment. When did he give us the commandment? All right, John chapter um, 13 and verse 34. It says, a new commandment I give unto you. Did you see that? That ye love one another as I have loved you. It says that ye also love one another. Verse 35. It says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one to another. So this is the commandment that he gave us. Can somebody say amen to that? So go back to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3. It says, and hereby we do know that we know him. Now, you see, look up everybody. Anyone and everyone in Christ who does not walk in the love of God cannot truly know that he knows God. Amen. That means that the knowledge of God and the things of God will be vague. You know, he can't place his finger on them specifically. It's like this giving thing, this, is he give and he shall be given unto you? How does it work, Zeph? <laughs> this voice of the Spirit, Zeph, how, how do people hear the voice of the Spirit? <laughs> it, it's going to be vague. All right? It's going to be abstract. Like, you know, you're seeing a mirage. Have you seen a mirage before? All right? You're driving and you can drive forever and you will never meet a mirage. True? All right. Amen. It's just like chasing bubbles that will soon burst, or chasing shadows. Praise God. All right? Because, you see, it is in love that the knowledge of God is actual. Did you get that? It is in love that it is concrete. If you're not walking in love, the, love, the knowledge of God will never be concrete to you. It's just guesswork. This is laying on of hands, Seth. 
This tongue survived with no choice. This tongue is the Holy Spirit that is moving us. <laughs> you know? So you see, when a man is not walking in love, he's close to being a philosopher. Yeah. Because that's his neighbor. Praise the Lord. But when you walk in love, the, the knowledge of God will be concrete. You will know that you know that you know that this thing is true. All right? You've read it in scriptures. It's true with you. It's true with your, with, your, with your life and in your case. Praise God. I, I know the Holy Spirit. I know. His power is flowing through me right now as I'm talking to you. So it's not like this Holy Spirit is there. He's in the roof or around the corner. Amen. <laughs> he lives in me. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I know that he lives in me. I'm not just trying to say it to just make you feel good. I know what I'm talking about. Amen. The Holy Spirit lives in me. If I lay hands on you now, the influence of the person you are going to feel is the Holy Spirit who lives in me. If I lay hands on you now, I tell you. I dare you, if you want to, you feel like, are you sure? I lay hands on you now. The Holy Spirit will take you over. Amen. I know that I know. Why? Because, you see, I have decided by the grace of God to stay within the domain of love. Come on, say love. He says, hereby. By this, we know, we do know, practically know, in our experience by revelation, that we actually know God if we keep his commandments. Did you see that? You see, so love, the love commandment, it's, it's, not, it's not optional. It's not something you just wave aside as though unimportant. It's, it's the main thing. If you kick it out, every other thing drops. It says, on this all right, hangs the law and the prophets. So that means every other thing will not stand without the love of God standing in your life. Can somebody say amen to that? Serious-minded Christian put their heart to the love of God. You don't play with God's love. You don't play with unforgiveness, justifying the reason for, you know, not forgiving your brother or sister. Say, well, you know, after all, after all, mm-mm. all right, it's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. Can somebody say amen to that? Mm -hmm. Quickly go to verse 4 now. It says, he that saith, he that saith, that means a man may say it. He says, he that saith, I know him, I know God, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. That means what he claims is not founded in the truth. It's not true. He is a liar. It's a man who walks in love that can truly say that he knows God. A man who is not a lover of God, a lover of men, extending the love with which God has loved him to God, in loving God, and then in loving the brethren, the people around you. Such a man, you know, does not know God as he ought to. You know, God is abstract to him because God is love. Amen. God is love. So if you don't know love, you don't know God. God is love. God is more than loving. He is love. All right? From the very crown of his head to the soles of his feet, he is love altogether. Can somebody say amen to that? He is. Look at verse 5 quickly. But whoso keepeth his word. Come on, say his word. Now, what is his word here? Is he talking about his commandment? Because, you know, in the same vein, if you go to Gospel according to St. John chapter 14 and verse 21, and then compared with verse 23, you see that his commandments and his words are the same. 
Alright, look at verse 21. It says, he that hath my commandments. Did you see that? And keepeth them. He it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Now jump to verse 23 quickly. It says, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. Did you see? Commandments, words. They are synonyms here. Is that okay? Uh-huh. So go back to First John quickly. But whoso keepeth his word, that is his commandment. Did you get that? In him verily is the love of God perfected. Now, so the perfecting of the love of God in us, what is it about? It's about keeping his word. What is his word? His commandment. What is his commandment? A new commandment I give unto you that you what? Love one another as I have loved you. That you have love one to another. It says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one towards another. Amen? By keeping that love commandment wholeheartedly, depending on God's grace and the help of the Spirit of God within you, amen, but your gaze is on it, your focus is on it. You will not let go of your focus on love. Amen? You, you will not let go. Praise God. Amen? And then, as you keep that commandment over and over again daily. Come on, say daily. Amen. As you do that daily, God's love in you, operating in you, functioning in you, will be perfected. That means as you practice that daily, not do it one week and then quit the next, all right? Or do it one month and quit the next. No, you do it consistently. You move from, you know, 4%. Some of us, you are 0.1%. Man, praise God. If somebody looks at you too much, you know, why, why are you looking at me like that? Ah, you know. All right. But you see, you are the image of God. True? You, you, you are worthy to be beheld. People should look at you. Amen. Not look away from you. <laughs> look at your neighbor and smile. Say you are the image of God. <laughs> you know, don't get angry when people look at you. Some is 0.1%. Alright? Some is 0.001. Alright? At least there's one somewhere. <laughs> Praise God. But that notwithstanding, never mind. Just put your gaze on Jesus. Keep that gaze on Jesus. Looking at him and say, Lord... You are my help. You are my strength. You give the love commandment. And by your spirit, by the grace that you supply, I walk in love. But I'm not going to shift my gaze from you. Amen. When you set your gaze on Jesus and keep looking at the perfection of love, Jesus, the Son of God, the perfection of God's love, in no time you move from 0.00%, you just move to 10%. You know, you can take a leap in love. There's room for double promotion in love. Praise God. Amen. You can skip classes. Depending on how strong your gaze is on Jesus. Can somebody say amen to that? And that's, that's how it works. Second Corinthians 3 and verse 18 shows us how it works. It's very simple. Look at it. It says, but we all with open face... Beholding as in a glass or mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed. See, when are we changed? 
as, come on now, when are we changed? As we behold, keep beholding. Amen? As in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. He says we are changed into the same image of that glory that we see in the mirror of God's word from one level of glory to a higher level of glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, when you make up your mind by grace and set your gaze on Jesus and say, Lord, what you said to me is my life. Your word is my life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Your word is my life. I live by what you say to me, not how I feel. Amen. Not by the offenses of people. You matter more than everything around me. And so I focus on you. My gaze is on you. When you set your gaze on Jesus, the Spirit of God will help you. I tell you, the Spirit of God will enhance your ability to stay more focused by the day on Jesus. And so your, your, the strength of your gaze, the strength of your focus on him is helped by the Holy Ghost. Because you have made up your mind to set your gaze on him. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. When you set your gaze on Jesus, the Holy Spirit will strengthen you and establish you and you shall not be moved. Can somebody say amen to that? He has given us a love commandment and we're not going to explain it away. We're not going to explain it away. We're not going to say, eh, we cannot walk in love because somebody is unlovable. We're not going to explain it away. Eh, we cannot walk in love because someone is difficult. Difficult persons or no difficult persons, his commandment is life. And we have received his word. We set our gaze on him and then we focus on him. And he helps us by his spirit. Can somebody say amen to that? You must be disciplined to focus on Jesus by focusing on his eternal word of love. The word of love. The commandment of love. Focus on him. Now, enough of explanations. All right? What God says, all right, is stronger than whatever it is that is tempting you to do otherwise if you focus on what God has said to you. You remember the incident of how that children of Israel murmured against Moses and the Lord in the wilderness and the venomous beast came and began to bite them and many of them were dying and they repented in a hurry and cried to Moses, please help us cry unto the Lord. You must have mercy upon us now. And Moses cried unto the Lord, and then the Lord gave an instruction to Moses. He said, make a brazen serpent. Hallelujah. Did did you get that? He says, make a brazen serpent, serpent, and then hang it upon the pole. Whosoever looks to that serpent shall be healed, be made whole, shall live. Now, those who had been beaten by the venomous beast, that's a snake, the serpent, they were in pain already. And Moses said, this is God's remedy for you. Look and live. You know, for some people that doesn't make sense. No, that can't be God's remedy. What is look and live? There's pain here. You're saying I should look where? I should be looking to the pain, not to something else. All right? But God says, mm-mm. If you look to it, look to the offense, if you look to the unforgiveness, if you look to the, the, the degree of hurt that has been caused by people against you, look 
if you look to the backbiting and backstabbing, if you look to all those things, you will be distracted from the power of God to cause you to live above them. But when you look to Jesus and focus your gaze on him, I tell you, something is going to happen. You see that the power of the Holy Spirit will well up within you and you just know that you know that you know that you can forgive them without any stress. Effortlessly. Because your gaze and your focus is not on the offense, the wrong they've done against you. Your focus is on what God said to you. You focus on Jesus and his word of eternal life. Can somebody say amen to that? He says, the words I speak unto you, they are what? Spirit and they are life. John 6, 63. When you focus your attention on his word, you live. Because his word is spirit, his word is life. Amen? His word is spirit, his word is life. Now, go back to 1 John quickly. He says, but whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. So, question here. How is the love of God perfected in us? By keeping his word. What is his word here? His love commandment. He's keeping his commandment. Amen. What is his love commandment? Amen. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. I mean, that's, that's his love commandment. Love one another. Did you see that? That's his love commandment. Love one another. How? As I have not your own way. As I have loved you. So he told us what to do and he told us how to do it. Amen. And he told us, you know, to the degree that we must do it. Alright? Love one another as I have loved you. He loved us, dying for us. We love one another with so much love that there's nothing we cannot give away in the interest of the brethren. There's nothing we cannot forgive. There's nothing we cannot give or forgive or and or forgive in the interest of the brethren. Because Jesus gave his life for us. So he says to love one another as he has loved us. Praise the Lord. And when we do this, listen beloved, all right, the love of God is perfected in us. And you see, when love is perfected in you, there is no fear. There's no fear. Turn with me very quickly to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. And then we'll look at, we'll start reading from verse 7 into verse 13. 1 John chapter 4, from verse 7 into verse 13. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. Why? For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us. Now, look at it. In what? In this. So what is this there? Read on. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that he might that we might live through him. So this is the manifestation of God's love towards us. You know we said that earlier, John 3, 16, isn't it? That's the manifestation. 
of God's love towards us. That God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world that we might live through him. Live through him. Did you see that? That we might live through him. So you see, that means live through him simply means he died that we might live through him. Is that not what it means? Yeah. See, this is the manifestation of love. God's love towards us. Amen. Now, come to think of it, if that's the manifestation of God's love towards us, all right, what ought to be the manifestation of our love towards God? Amen. That he might live through us. <laughs> yeah, that's what it means. True. You are quite on me now. Come on now. <laughs> Come on. True? Uh, are you sure? All right. Let me show you one scripture very quickly. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 5. We'll start reading from verse 14. This is Bible study. Are you enjoying the word? All right. If you are, wave your hand. Shout hallelujah. Mm-hmm. It says, for the love of Christ con- constraineth us. Now, in this context, you, we can read it this way because if you say for the love of Christ, it may look a little bit, is it the love of Christ for us or the love of Christ at work in us for Christ? Amen. All right. So, for the love of Christ constraineth us. Now, you, you understand what it means here. It says, for the love of Christ in us for him constrains us. You see, because it's at work in us now. So, it constrains us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Did you see that? Now, go on. Can you take what I'm sharing with you? Wave your hands if you can take them. Take what I'm sharing. Wave your hands. Shout hallelujah. <laughs> and that he died for all, that they which live, should leave, should not should, should leave unto themselves, no, should not henceforth leave unto themselves, but unto him which died for them, and what rose again. Now, how many of us got that? When God manifested his love towards us, what was that to us? Alright, how did he do it? Alright, he sent his son, alright, that we might live through him. So, but how did we, how did we live through him? Was he living and we're living through him? No. He died that we might live through him. True? Come on now. True? Uh-huh. Now that was the manifestation of God's love towards us. Now what is the manifestation of our love towards him? Alright? We give ourselves that he might live through us. So this idea that I, well, you don't understand how I feel. What is I there again? What is I? Do you know what I'm saying here? Yeah. What is high now? The master has given a commandment. You are now saying you don't understand how I feel. How did he feel when he was dying for us? You know? <laughs> you see? You want to know how he felt? <laughs> you don't want to know. You just, just a tip. 1% of that feeling on you, alright? You'll be shaking like banana. Alright? Do you know how he felt? So you see, the eye that you don't know how I feel, somebody has hurt my ego, my feeling, my this, my that, my mind, my mind, my mind, my mind, my mind. Amen. All that has to go because now he has demonstrated his love towards us. He has manifested his love towards us and the manifestation of that love towards us 
was that he sent his son that we might live through him. Come on now. Are we together? That we might live through him, he said. Now what's our manif- the manifestation of our love towards him? Alright, we give ourselves totally, spirit, soul, and body that he might live through us. Can somebody say amen to that? Oh, that is, that is Christianity. It's not um, convenience just for self and self-satisfaction. All right? It is sacrifice that is sold out to God to bless humanity for the love of God. For the love of God. Amen? For the love of God. For the love of God. You know, a man of God was sharing with a couple of mentees in, in a mentoring school. And then he told them, he said, listen, beloved, it is love that drives you to begin to intercede for people, all right, and pray for them. And you will give up your breakfast and lunch and give up dinner, praise God, and you're still praying. Someone says, ah, what well, is that love? What about the other person who is suffering? It's called love. All right? There is no love without someone else giving something away. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I have to love you wholeheartedly, all right, I will sacrifice for you. That's, that's the love of God. I mean, how, how, how could you have just one son, only begotten, and then you give him away? For love. For love. And the people to whom you give this son may appreciate it, may not appreciate it. But you just did it in faith. Believing that they will appreciate it. Amen. And it's love. There's, there's no such thing. You see, this kind of love that is always, you know, I, I was speaking with a young lady one time. <laughs> she was complaining that the person that she's, she was engaged, you know, to wasn't really giving stuff. You know, women have this mindset. You know, you have to repent. It's, it's, a, it's a terrible mindset. All right? Most women, let me put it that way, that the man must always be giving. Ah, he's not the one looking for love. All right? Now, when he gives love to you, all right, if you actually did not want love, you should have rejected it. So why did you say yes to love if you were not looking for love to yourself? You see, all right, you'll write an exam. He'll buy you a biro, a pen. He'll buy you whatever, everything. If you, on your birthday, you will do cake and do everything for you. <laughs> so he's making all the cakes and everything. He's doing everything for you. And now, what have you done for him? He said, ah, no, he's the one looking for love. Show me a lopsided love. Just show me, and I will show you, I will tell you that, look, that's a pseudo-love. The cycle of love must be completed per time. If it's done towards you, you reciprocate. You don't towards you reciprocate. That's love, not uh, just somebody doing it, doing it all the time. And the relationship is all about you. I was counseling with a, a, a young lady one time, and she was complaining. 
he does not understand me. He does not know how I feel. He does not understand what I like. He does not. So, for like 15 minutes. So, I now said, okay, what exactly do you understand about him? I said, Pastor, you don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand because that's not my realm of understanding. I don't. I can't understand that. All right? If the relationship is all about you, can you bear the burden? Can you bear the burden? Amen. Love is a flowing stream, not a lake. Amen. Love flows, not all this kind of love. You will be the end point, you will be the receiving, and you know, every time you are always receiving. And then you are receiving, there is overflow, you are still complaining, it's not enough. Amen. That's not love. Love is mutual. Can somebody say amen to that? Now that's why God's love for us, as powerful as it is, does not change us until we begin to respond to his love for us. True? Romans 8 and verse 28 is there. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Did you see that? Now, come to think of it. Do you know the sinner out there who is wallowing in sin, all right, has the love of God on him, God loves him, Someone say, ah, really? Yeah. God loves him. That was why God sent his son to start with. When you got born, very first time. <sighs> Responding to him. Nobody's getting the arms of the father. And he's afar off. By the definition of a kiss, it must be contact, physical contact. You know what I'm saying? No, no, that's not a kiss. Amen. But when you come to the father's love, you receive a kiss. A token of his intimate love. It's called a kiss. It's a token. A sign. Praise God. You see that? And then all of a sudden, this guy who cannot afford a meal per day, just one meal, suddenly realizes that God loves him. Amen. And he lifts up his hands and he begins to give thanks to God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. And he responds to God's word. Give and it shall be given unto you. That's how to respond to the love of God. If you love me, all right, cry around me. No, no. If you love me, shake a little bit. If you love me, what? Keep my word, my commandment. And that which is not enough, he puts his hand in his pocket and extends the love of the father to someone who needs help. And now he has committed himself to the father and the father is taking care of him. And all of a sudden, somebody comes with a bag of rice. And all of a sudden, there's, a, there's an open door, a contract. And all of a sudden, money is pouring in. Money is pouring in. Why? Because he has responded to the love of God. And that love of God is now affecting him or impacting on him positively. Come on now, are we together? Now listen very carefully. The very moment you start practicing that love, keeping the love commandment, in walking in love towards the brethren and people around you, I tell you, watch what will happen. Your life will change drastically. You see that things will begin to change for you, positively. 
But the very moment you find reasons to not walk in love and say, this person is this, this person is that, and then you hold bitterness and hold those things against people, and you are mean, you know, against people. If you keep doing that, all right, that won't change the Father's love for you. He still loves you. But what will happen? All right, you're not responding to his love. And if you don't respond to his love, what will happen? Amen. There's no change. There's no transformation in your life. And that was why he commanded, oh God, God is love indeed. He is indeed love. Do you understand that? That was why he didn't suggest, he commanded us for love that, look, I want you to be whole, so stay in my love. And he did not suggest it to us, he commanded it. Come on, are we together? Why? For love, he wants us whole. He wants us transformed. He wants us helped. Now, when God gave a commandment to love one another, all right, for pleasure, you are the one that was spending truth, and they are doing well. Also, it's all about Jesus. I just, I am just. <laughs> Who is not different here? Let's be sincere. No, tell me if you are not different from your neighbor here. All right, everybody is different. From one another. True? Uh huh. Even identical twins are different. So I'm different. We know you are different. Praise God. Now, can you put your difference in love and extend it to someone else? All right? And you see how unique you become. You become really unique. Praise God. Any marriage, any relationship that is about just one partner in that relationship and the other person is not ready to serve the other one in love, it will not work. You know, I was telling someone, I said, he said, sir, I know it's the will of God. I perceive the will of God. I said, yeah. All right? No matter how much you perceive God's will, if you don't walk the will of God, it won't work for you. You may see visions in a dream. I mean, <laughs> now let's not in a dream now. All right? Uh, open vision. All right? You didn't close your eyes. Just like Balaam. You didn't close your eyes. You just said, mm, Lord, I see. Lord, I see. What, what did you say? I don't, you don't have to explain that. I can see that's my wife. Uh, and you actually saw indeed. <laughs> Listen. But you have to partner intelligibly. Learn the word of God and make the marriage work. Or else, I have seen two people who got married. The will of God. Alright? They are divorced now. Married. Will of God. There, you see, the will was not <laughs> more will than the will of God itself. Yeah, and trembling. Yes, it is God who is at work in you, all right? But there's a place of, you know, partnering with somebody you want to walk, walk with. Can two walk together except they be agreed? So that means in every walk, there must be what? Agreement. As much as you are demanding that he understands you, all right? I place a demand on you too, to understand him. So if you both are exploring each other, now let's see who will get tired. Nobody will get tired because 
I'm trying to please you by grace, and I'm doing everything to please you. You're doing everything to please me. All right? I mean, it's, it's eternal pleasure. We just keep enjoying ourselves. But if it's going to be about you alone, all right, it's either someone becomes an idol that must be worshipped, and then the other one becomes the idol worshipper. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just like that. Amen. Come on, shout hallelujah. Can two walk together except they be agreed? No. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. We We ought also to love one another. We ought also to love one another. Look at verse 12 quickly. Glory to God. No man has seen God at any time. Has any man seen God at any time? No. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is what? Perfected where? In us. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected where? In us. If. If. If we love one another. Amen. So how do I get the love of God perfected in me? I practice the love commandment. Amen. Praise God. When something is done against me, alright, don't try to prove a point. You say, okay, you did this and the person says, sorry. Alright? I'm sorry. Forgive. Even if the person does not say sorry. Amen. Now someone says, mm-hmm. Now, if you hold unforgiveness against a person, who is losing? You know, there are a lot of people who have offended you. They are not aware they have offended you, but you are very much aware. And you're angry. But they are not aware. They are not aware. They don't know. And some people, you know, you know, you know, 32 years ago, you offended me, you know. And they say, Oh, so I'm sorry. You know something happened in part one <laughs> when I was an undergraduate. In part one, can you imagine? We're preparing for I think it was maths 104 vectors, and sincerely, a day two, I was still trying to get my footing in the thing. You know, I read it one time. I didn't, so I just got busy with ministry and doing some other things, trusting that God will give me light. Amen. I did some things. Don't try it. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so a day two <laughs> the exam I went, I knelt down, I said, Holy Spirit I've been serving you, you have to show up now <laughs> teach me this thing so I sat down, all of a sudden I started understanding it he came the day before like two days to the exam was asking me all right, um, to teach him Math 104, Vectors I said, beloved brother, I have not read this thing well enough. I don't understand it as much as I ought to, but I trust that the Lord will teach me. So he left. It did not come the day before because I was busy trying to understand it and the Spirit of God was teaching me, so I was solving past questions. I just went somewhere, locked myself up there. And then the exam came. 
I wrote the exam, I think I scored, was it 95 or 98%? A, you know. <laughs> so, the brother saw my result. He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. That was in part one, until part five. You see, when you, when you look in the house, you see, listen very carefully. Always know that God is faithful. All right? Some people may not be faithful, but God is faithful. And so don't judge the faithfulness of God by what is happening around you. Not even by what is happening in the lives of people. God is always faithful. Can you imagine? That was, that, every time he saw me, and I pastored him. In part two, I was academic um, secretary in our fellowship. Part three, I started pastoring. I pastored him at the fellowship level. I coordinated and pastored him too at the UJCM level. And he was coming for exam prayer meeting regularly. All right? I'll be leading prayers. In Jesus' name, he won't say amen. Yeah. How can I say which amen? Huh? You scored 98 and he failed the course. He failed the course. He had to carry it over. Now, you know what? You see, listen very carefully. Somebody said assumption is the least form of knowledge. All right? It is no knowledge at all. Did you get that? It is no knowledge at all. You know why? Let's assume, all right, you were the president. And then, based on the assumption, we now conclude and say, Mr. President, and you are smiling. <laughs> you know, when you get back home, reality will come on your head and you'll be like, this is not a rock, you know. <laughs> you sleep on your bed. <laughs> Because knowledge is fact. Knowledge is fact. Knowledge is reality, not falsehood. He didn't find out what happened. We just assumed I was wicked. I didn't show him the way to pass the exam. I scored, is it 95 or 90? I can't remember, We're above 90. I scored an A in that course. But he failed the course. And we now call ourselves brethren. We call ourselves, what brethren is this? Forget brethren. What brethren? What brethren? Ah! We can't be saying brethren. Let's put that word aside. What brethren are we talking about here? Ah! ah. Brothers, often the same cause. I came, I was begging that he should teach me something. He knew it, but he denied me of that right to pass. And he sentenced me to a carryover. <laughs> you are now saying, brethren, forget brethren. So I will preach all through. I pastored two tenors, two solid sessions. Pastor, he was not blessed. You can't, you see, you can't bless an offended brother. That's why, if you see, if you, if you let your pastor offend you, if you let, all right, and you're in that church, there's no blessing for you anywhere. All right? When he says, be blessed, please be blessed. All right? Because, you see, <laughs> offense is responding, not love. So a pastor came, FYB, final year brethren, 
All right, send forth program. The pastor came and was the hand of the Lord was strong upon him. And he began to preach. He began to preach. He said, listen very carefully. God spoke to me while I was preparing for this message. There are some people here who are walking in unforgiveness. And you want to enter into the world like this? Is it you live in fellowship? You live in fellowship and you're going out there in the world with unforgiveness in your heart. And he started quoting scriptures. He, and, and then the brother came out. He made an altar call. Came out and forgive me. And then he now had to, after the message, say, Pastor, share my question, me go. You know, you know, you offended me really great. I said, What did I do? He said, You remember part one? <laughs> part one. What happened? You can't remember. He said, Let me tell you something. You know, you know why I, I said this by the Spirit of God? Right? Some of you, you feel, well, when you give someone forgiveness, it's actually a gift that, you know, it's, I've just had mercy on They taught us in church to forgive, oh, not for, for that. I wouldn't have given you. But listen very carefully. Number one, you're honoring God for giving forgiveness. The master said to love. He commanded us. Number two, you're helping yourself. Because there are a lot of people today who are not aware that you are hurting because of what they did. They didn't mean to do it against you. Do you know what I'm saying? But somehow you took offense. And you are suffering in silence. They are enjoying their lives. You see them jogging in the morning and all, you feel like, ah, this guy is no, no, this, God will punish him. No, listen, God is not going to punish him. He's not going to punish him. You have to repent. And you are angry that they are bouncing around. And listen very carefully. Anybody that takes offense and the other person does not know is not aware that you are taking offense. It is where he left you or she left you. That's where you are going to be. Alright? And that's because of the mercy of God. And you see the person making progress. Whereas you, you are just looked like, ah, when we go punish him. No. Alright? You, you, you also have offended some people that you're not aware of. You did offend them. And they are angry too. So if punishment is not flying around that way, who will be left? <laughs> if the Lord will mark iniquity, who shall stand? You see how your punishment perspective is wrong? Eh? So, forgive. You see, that forgiveness, it is in your interest. Number one, you are honoring the Lord. Lord Jesus, you can't say something and I will say no. Uh-uh. It will lower me. Uh-uh. Even if I don't feel like, uh-uh, master. No. I do this, I honor you. And I do this in my own interest. Because walking in love... Is in your interest. The only pleasure God gets is the pleasure of seeing you prospering. You're doing well. You sleep and you don't have nightmares. So the brother, I finished, can you see that? I finished with first class by the grace of God. 
he finished with pass because of bitterness. Bitter every time he's and you can't hate success and succeed. Impossible. You can't attract what you hate. You see someone doing well. Is it the only one? Deal with that thing. Go to God in prayer. You should weep in prayers. You need retreat. And say, oh God, this is not normal. When people are prospering, I should be happy. Uh-uh. The love of God is at work in me. You get to a point and say, look, I won't take this. I'm not a canal man. I'm not a canal woman. I got born again for real. Let's be practical with our faith. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. It finished with the past. And all through, I didn't know. Because if I had known, I would have gone to apologize. It's called making peace. I didn't know. And whatever is not in the scope of your knowledge... In that sense, it does not really affect you in that sense. In terms of your relationship with God and what you have to handle and deal with. It's not in the scope of my knowledge. I did not know. You know, he could have walked up to me after the exam. Say, brother, did you tell me that you had not read anything? And well, look at what... Uh-uh. Or after the result came out, rather, that look at what happened. Can't you? I'm sorry. What happened was... The day you came, I was still trying to get myself established in the knowledge of Maths 104. The following day, I got my stability. And I got it so well by grace that I passed excellently well. All right? I'm sorry it wasn't intentional. Oh, I see. And then we join hands together and agree. Father, thank you for your mercy and your grace. We ask, Heavenly Father, that your grace will speak for our brother. And then we agree, we pray. And then maybe he does the course again and he's calling his own A too. You see? Now let me tell you something. Some of the things that are hurting you right now, in fact, most of them are assumptions. It will shock you. The things that are really hurt, that you are really angry about that. <clears throat> when you know the truth, you, you feel like, ah, but why, why did I? I've, I've just been, Lord, have mercy. I don't want to say it. There are assumptions. Amen. There was a day I was so pressed, but I didn't act like it because, you know, I was so pressed. I wanted to use the, you know, restroom. And there were some people there. I was so pressed that I couldn't even say hi. <laughs> All right. And I went, do you know some of them? You know, I saw what my mother was. It's so proud. See the way he's walking. See the way he's walking. Look at his arms. He's too proud. He's too proud. And that's why, you know, when young men are succeeding, this is the problem we have in our society. When young men are making it, they are too proud. Look at all of us, one, two, three, four, five, five. Add all our ages together. <laughs> compare, look at it, just pass like that. Without saying, and I was pressed. And they were, <laughs> they, were, they were actually reacting to assumptions. It wasn't true. 
you'll be shocked, you'll be surprised that most of the things that you feel, they are assumptions. The only truth is a new commandment I have given unto you. That you love one another. That's the only truth. So go by that truth. Go by that truth. Praise the Lord. I mean, it's, it's simple. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Say it like you mean it. Amen. Say it like you mean it. Amen. Could it be that you've been acting on assumptions all your life? Agitated over assumptions. Falsehood. You're angry. Something that is not real is making you angry. You are bitter over something that is not true. Could it be? First John chapter 4, very quickly. <clears throat> we'll close with this scripture. We'll start reading from verse 16 into verse 19. First John chapter 4. From verse 16 into 19. And we have known and believed. The love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love. Dwelleth in God. And God in him. Hearing is our love made perfect. Come on. Did you see that? Hearing is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness. In the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. All right? You know, many of us have quoted that scripture, all right, to mean some other things. Well, thank God, there's no private interpretation to God's word. Amen? But in context, what is he talking about? He's talking about as he is in love, so are we in this world. True? That's, that's what he's saying. <clears throat> Hearing is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. As Jesus is in love, so are we in this world. Have you seen that? As he is in love, so are we. By grace in him, as he is in love, so are we. As he walked in love, so do we walk in love. Look at verse 17. Here, there's no fear, 18 rather, there's no fear in love. There is no fear in love. If somebody shows up and something in you is afraid, all right, check. There's no fear in love. You can't love someone and be afraid of the person. You only honor the person. And I've, I've learned this. If you see people just shaking all of a sudden, and they're uncomfortable, all right, watch it underneath. There's one unforgiveness, bitterness, and all that. There is no fear in love. You can't be in love and be afraid. There's no fear in love. And then look at it. It says, but perfect love. Come on, say perfect love. Now, what is the perfect love you know, referring to here? Perfect love here means love perfected in us. Did you see that? Perfect love casted out. Come on now. Fear. Because fear hath what? Torment. Fear hath what? 
torment. So there's torment in fear. Did you see that? Torment is there. No matter how small it is, there's torment in it. So get rid of that fear. Now what is the opposite of fear? Come on, talk to me. What's the opposite of fear? Faith. Did you see that? So where do we have perfect, perfect faith, strong faith, viable faith, mountain-moving faith? Where is it? In love. All right. How can you be trying for God knows how long now? You've been trying to believe God for 2,000 naira, and it's not coming. Now, when will you use your faith for 20,000? When will you use your faith for 200? When will you use your faith for 1 million? When will you start believing God for 200 million? Don't you know that hatred and bitterness will weaken your faith? Because you see, it says perfect love casted out fear. Did you see that? It casts it out. That means if there's no fear in you, all right, there's no vacuum in you. So there's faith. You're strengthened. That's what the Bible tells us in Galatians 5 and verse 6. Amen. Look at it quickly as we close. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but what? Faith. Come on, say faith. Faith which worketh by love. That's it. Look at, look at the Amplified Version. I love it so much. It's so beautiful. As we close now. For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. But only faith. Come on, say only faith. Activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Boy. See that? Faith activated and what? Energized. Your faith is energized. Whoo, glory to God. You can believe God. You can take the whole of Abafa Malo University. All right? Your faith is that strong and, and virile and viable. You can take anything. Because love is before you. Master, thank you for your grace today. Thank you for the help of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you. The law of commandment is before me. I thank you because your commandment is life. Your word is life. Whatever you say is life. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, by the Holy Ghost, I'm helped. And you're praying in tongues. Likapo zikaradabahaya. Tondelika prasha. Adventure, you shift your gaze from off love. Listen, repent and come back. My son, Proverbs 4 and verse 20, attend to my words and incline your ears to my sayings. Attend. Give attention to my word. That's what it says. So we, we can put it in context now. Give attention to the love commandment. Incline your ears to the sayings of love. Do not let them depart from thine eyes. Keep them where? In the midst of thine heart, for they are life, life, life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. Medicine. Mape. No weakness. No falling sick and rising up tomorrow, and falling sick and rising up anymore. No. Love is your strength. 
That's the thrill energy of your body. Glory to God. It's the thrill energy of your soul. Glory to God. Your mind is sound. You're walking in love. Hallelujah. Your spirit is activated by power. Divine energy. Glory to God. As he is, so are we in this world. Hallelujah. In love. In love. Glory to God. Jump to your feet and shout hallelujah. Oh, come on, come on. You're still warming up. Jump to your feet and shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. As we close, close, in summary, all right, how do we walk in love? What does it mean to really walk in love? The love of God. Romans chapter 13 and verse 10. It says, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is what? The fulfilling of the law. That's, that's what it means to walk in love. Amen. Can we, can we see that in the Amplified? I, I want you to preach that to your neighbor. All right. Can you turn to your neighbor and preach the word to your neighbor? Say, love, love. does not wrong. Love. Sorry. Love, love does no wrong. To one's neighbor, it never hurts anybody. Therefore, love meets all the requirements and is the fulfilling of the law. You see, love never hurts anybody. People may get hurt on purpose, they choose to. But love never consciously moves and says, I'm going to hurt someone today. No, love never does that. Love never does that. If you steal from your brother, you've hurt your brother. If you sleep with your sister who is not your wife, you've hurt her feelings. All right? Fornication is a sin against one's body. You've hurt your body. You've hurt her own body as well. She has hurt her body too and hurt your own body. Amen? So that's the summary. Love does no wrong to one's neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Amen. Who is your neighbor? <laughs> All right. Not just the person sitting or standing beside you in church. All right. That person that you have relationship with. Your lecturer, your friend, your roommate, your flatmate. All right. Your co-worker at work. Your pastor. Your HOM. Amen. Give the Lord a shout of hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We are going to pray. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9. And then we'll close. Oh God. This we pray. That our love may abound yet more and more. In knowledge and in all judgment. In knowledge and in all judgment. Our love will abound yet more and more. Come on, go ahead and pray. Lord, this will pray that our love will abound yet more and more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. In knowledge and in all discerning. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Lord, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray. Lord Jesus, by the Holy Ghost, 
Cause my love to abound still more and more. In the name of Jesus, my love will abound more and more and more and more. In knowledge and in all discernment. Yes, Lord. Pray with fervency. Pray with desire. Pray with desire. Oh God, that our love will abound yet more and more. In knowledge and in all discernment. Oh, our love will abound yet more and more and more and more and more and more and more. love will abound yet more and more and more. Oh. It will abound by the strength of the Holy Ghost. It will abound yet more and more and more and more and more and more in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And I want you to pray one more time, another two minutes. I want you to pray, Lord, I want to excel in love. I want to do well in love. Amen. Cause my love to abound. I, I, I need to excel in love, sincerely. I want to. I desire it. Lord, Lord I pray that my love will abound. Sincerely from my heart I'm praying. That's what I desire because that's your will for me. That my love will abound yet more and more. Yet more and more, yet more and more. I want to excel in love, I want to excel in love, I want to excel in love. I want to excel in love. I want to excel in love. I want to do more in love. So I want my love to abound yet more, yet more and more and more and more and more. Oh, hallelujah. Sundalabaha kekorosikaradabahai. In Jesus mighty name we pray. Say a big amen.